This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, hopefully we're rolling into spring here, first week of April, uh, and hopefully the weather is improving wherever you are. I know that uh, we're back and forth here in the Northeast. One day it's beautiful. The next day it still kind of feels like winter's hanging on, uh, but hopefully we're all moving in the right direction. Uh, things also seem to be moving in the right direction with COVID uh, and hope that you've been able to get your vaccination uh, wherever you are. Uh, I am signed up to get mine very, very soon. And so I'm looking forward to that um, because what we all want is we want the world to be as close to back to normal as possible for this, especially for this summer, right? We all want to be outside. We all want to be having a good time uh, and going to places and doing the things that we want to be doing so. Hopefully that all pans out and moves in the right direction. Um, let us know if you are working on any COVID-related um, work, uh, any uh, representing any clients that are dealing with COVID positively or negatively. You know, I, I've worked with doctors. I have a client that is a nursing home that is dealing with COVID. Um, lots of different types of storylines out there and lots of people doing lots of terrific work related to COVID. So chime in on the uh, on social media, on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. Uh, let us know how your work is going, especially if it's related to COVID. Um, we have another terrific special guest this week, someone I've been look, looking forward to speaking with uh, for a while. So let's get right into it. Barbara Wagner is the president of Barbara Wagner Communications based in New York City. She and her firm offer clients extensive media expertise and guidance, specializing in real estate, economic development, and the arts. Before she set off on her own, Barbara was a veteran publicist at Rubenstein Communications in New York. That's where she and I crossed paths, developed our friendship, and she has represented some of the biggest names out there, uh, including Douglas Elliman, Steiner Studios, and many, many more, which I know we're, we're going to talk about. Barbara, welcome to the PR podcast. Thank you, Jody. It's great to uh, be talking to you. It is so great having you on here, and you and I uh, are are, uh, are longtime friends. Uh, we've spent many many days sitting in each other's offices when we both worked at Rubenstein. Uh, you know, whether we were just batting things around uh, or sharing personal experiences, and so I'm I'm so grateful uh, that you agreed to come on here. And let's start out the show by talking, uh, by saying congratulations for starting your own firm, your own agency. Tell us about that. Well, it's something I had thought about, I've thought about doing for a long time. Uh, I think that one of the positive uh, aspects of COVID is that it actually pushed me to do it. I got very used to uh, working from home. I set myself up with two screens and really enhanced uh, my tools, my physical tools. And I found that mentally, I was able to do exactly the same thing I was doing uh, in an office. So that set me free a bit. I, I, I also wanted to expand uh, work I did and not be quite as pigeonholed as I had been. You're just a couple months into this, right? I mean, you, you oh, yeah. literally just started this year in 2021. 
Yes, I gave notice uh, at the end of January and worked for three weeks and really started the end of February. Uh, so it's just about five or six weeks into it. That's great. And, and what has the reaction been from many of the longtime clients that you've been representing over the years? Uh, you know, I, I got to imagine that they're very excited for you. Yeah. And um, actually, some of them are, are with me. So that's very exciting for me. Uh, and uh, the ones who couldn't come with me, uh, you just express their best wishes. And I hope to maintain relationships with them regardless of being clients or not. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, let's start out just by wishing you all the luck in the world. You don't need it because you are such an exceptional professional, uh, someone who I've actually learned a lot from over the years. Um, not, not only just the, the what to do with public relations, but really the how you do it. Um, having the ethics, having the personal touch, having the, the real, um, I think, humanity about our industry and what we do uh, and how we represent our clients to to affect the result that they that they desire. Um, really, you really are a role model for all of us, Barbara. So so thank you for for being that. You're definitely a role model for me. I, I take that with um, great humility. I thank you. <laughs> I, I have to say that one thing that has helped me and probably has helped you is um, working for Howard Rubenstein. Uh, in terms of ethics. And uh, Howard always said, and you know, drilled it into our heads that there's a line in the sand that you never cross and he would always back us up. Uh, and, and that was one of the really great lessons um, that I got from working at, at Rubenstein. I learned a great deal there. Yeah, me, me as well. I, I remember that uh, uh, the sign that he had on his conference room table and it was that famous quote from Mark Twain that said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Uh, and it appealed to me because I forget everything. <laughs> but but it, is, it is true that, uh, and that's, I think, was the guiding light of, of his uh, lessons to us. And I think what I took away from mm -hmm. working at Rubenstein Communications for those years with, and with you um, was that you always, always, always tell the truth. You, you represent your client with a full throat, you tell their story and you tell it in um, the way that they want it told and in the most positive way that you can find. You make no apologies for that, but you always, always, always tell the truth and you have a high degree of ethics. And I, I think that, that follows us around, you know, because then reporters understand what it's like to work with us and that's how they come to rely on us. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you've and, developed you've developed some some very deep uh, relationships with some very um, I'll call them impressive reporters, valuable reporters. I mean, people who uh, and and I don't mean to sort of put a put a price or a value on you know their heads because they're people too. Um, but you know, people reporters that people really want to get to. You know uh, personally a lot of these reporters, um, and we don't necessarily have to drop names, but. Talk a little bit about how you develop those relationships um, with those with those reporters, uh, with those editors, and how that has sort of carried through um, through your career and sort of helped you do your work. Uh, I will backtrack and say that um, when I was much younger, I worked at Cosmopolitan Magazine and I was the assistant managing editor. Uh, and one of my 
jobs was to schedule the, along with the managing editor, to schedule the magazine. Um, so a lot of writers came in, they worked with something called, the, the, they were the books that Helen Gurley Brown uh, had different books that, with ideas in them, the writers would go through them. But I got to know writers and I also got to understand that um, they really, their job is to fill space with content. And, uh, and that's something that I think a lot of uh, other publicists really don't, don't have, ha they wouldn't have had that experience of knowing that it's, they, that's their job to fill the space and to fill it with something good that's not BS. Uh, so I think that experience um, taught me that when I was pitching a story as a publicist to not give them BS, to respect them, to see what kind of work they did, to try to find a person who would be doing the kind of story I was pitching. And that helped a lot. Um, and another thing that I didn't do too much that I think other publicists do do is have lunch with the client and not present your real self. You know, you're, you're sometimes, I, um, I tended to ask reporters out uh, and just have a real conversation about them and about me and, and, and mention the clients, but really developing those re relationships independent of who my clients were seemed to be very helpful. Yeah, 100% agreed there. And, and I've always, again, been impressed with the way you have managed to do that. You, you have really developed, and I'm thinking of a couple specific people who I think you know who I'm thinking of, but there's some very specific reporters who you have developed long-term professional relationships that have turned into personal relationships yes. for you. Uh, and, and I've done the same uh, over my years. Um, and, and it's interesting because they are extraordinarily beneficial relationships um, professionally. They are also very vibrant relationships personally. Um, and, and I've always been very clear and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I've always been really clear with reporters, um, who I know professionally and personally and uh, about, about that line in the sand, you know, about how we can be friends and we can have a good time and, you know, we can go for a cup of coffee or, uh, you know, go to lunch or whatever. And then when we need to be professional, we'll switch and we'll be professional. So you can do your job. I can do mine and we can, we can take care of that. And then we can still go and have fun. You agree? Absolutely. And it becomes very natural too. When, when you, when you stop, when you, you know, you don't have to really think about it. That, that's absolutely right. I agree with you. That's absolutely right. I think when you, once you, you develop that, uh, it, it, it makes for a very vibrant working relationship uh, and it also can just be a lot of fun. Exactly. That's exactly. great. Well, I want to hear more about uh, Barbara Wagner Public Relations, you know, uh, Barbara Wagner Communications, pardon me. Um, tell us about some of your clients. I, I've, I've seen you on LinkedIn already, already putting up the hits uh, and some significant ones too. So give us a little flavor for what's going on with your new agency. Uh, well, first of all, Steiner Studios is with me. Um, and I, I've worked with them for uh, over a decade. Uh, it's an exciting client. Uh, I, it's essentially a real estate client uh, in that they lease out space to different productions and they've had some phenomenal ones, Boardwalk Empire, Mrs. Maisel, 
the Steven Spielberg West Side Story was filmed there. Uh, I would say that over during COVID, it was incredibly busy. And I was still at Rubenstein, but we were so busy because one, they announced a new studio that's going to be in Sunset Park, uh, Brooklyn. And the other is uh, the with the movie and film TV content being so popular uh, and all of us watching Netflix and Amazon Prime, that business boomed. So reporters wanted to know, how are you making films? What are the COVID? What are the regulations? How can we be working? I have been very busy with them. I'd say it's quieted down now, um, but they are a wonderful client of mine. I'm very happy that Doug Steiner decided to stay with me. Um, another client I have is an is, is a fun one. Uh, it's called Showing Time and not so well known here in New York, but they are a, an app that real estate brokers use to make appointments with each other. And, and they have about a million uh, brokers. Not that that's so intrinsically exciting, but what they have is a tremendous amount of data. So they're able to see migration patterns and where people are looking and what small towns are people going to, especially during this past year. It's been very interesting. Um, and then an entirely different beat. Uh, I have a good friend who is an art consultant uh, and I called to tell her that I had, was starting my own firm and she was that day about to sign on with another publicist. And she scratched that. Um, I did give her a very good deal, uh, but she, um, she really um, does great work and works with uh, hotels and developers. Uh, and at the moment I called her, she, was a, she had been um, hired by a, a TV show called Younger to hang artwork in what is now closed Gotham Bar Grill. It will be opening again. So she, so she asked me to come down as she hung up artwork by famous artists. And uh, I said to her, I think I can get a page six on this. And, and like right off the bat, I got her a page six. I got an artist named Jim Watt, a hit. He called me up. He's now hired me for a very interesting project. And that's sort of how it goes. Oh, and Gotham sent me, um, uh, actually, Jody, you can see it. There's a box there. It was filled with chocolates that they sent me. So, so uh, it wasn't a financial reward from Gotham, but it was a nice one. That is, that is so fantastic to hear uh, that you're right out of the gate that you're doing well. It's not surprising to me at all, but it is still yeah. fantastic to hear um, how, how people uh, have, have recognized um, the value that you can bring to them um, and the long-term relationship, you know, continuing a long-term relationship that you've had with them. Uh, it really speaks a lot to the kind of professional that you are, the kind of person that you are, um, that, that this would go so well, just like I said, right out of the gate. Yes, uh, it, I'm, I'm really happy. Um, it's, it's fun. I, uh, I went out to Asbury Park for uh, I, something I can't quite tell you about, but it involves art and jazz and photography. And if you ever thought I was an art and jazz and photography publicist, but I seem to have become one. So, uh, so it's just 
you know, very exciting. I just don't know what's going to happen next. And that's part of the fun of it too. I, I wanted to touch on that sort of the, um, what I'll call the differentiation among your clients. You know, you have, when, when I think of the work that you do, you know, you, you and I are similar. We, we're sort of generalists, right? We can do lots of different things. But in terms of our niches and sort of the, the places where we find ourselves gravitating to, the subject matter we find ourselves gravitating to, when I think of you, I think of a few things. Real estate um, I, and, and the, the vibrant real estate community that is in New York City. Um, I think of art. Um, because I know you, you both, you personally love art, but you're also very good at publicizing art and you've worked with lots of artists over the years. Um, and I, I, I'll call it food, but I guess in a greater way, kind of entertainment, right? And you mentioned jazz there, music. These are sort of three areas that maybe from the outside, people wouldn't think go together, but somehow you managed to find a thread to put them all together. Um, Tell me a little bit about your approach to um, how you work with those clients and how sometimes you're able to find connections among them to sort of make them uh, either whether you, uh, maybe it's not exactly a collaboration like putting a real estate and an art client together. Although I did see recently, I think you did that. Um, <laughs> and and we, we love those collaborations. Um, but sort of how you find that thread through each of those and, and how you've managed to work that into your, your business model, sort of how you've, uh, and not just Barbara Wagner Communications, but sort of over the years, how you've brought all these different ideas together. I got to imagine that it's part of it is just your personal passions. Yes, and there are certain things I really think I'd struggle with. Um, if, if uh, a pharmaceutical company called me up, I really would have trouble, I, I think, doing that kind of public relations. Um, I, I, I'll start with real estate, which I, I, I don't think I could even say that, and this sounds terrible, but that, it, that real estate was always a passion with me. But I'm married to a real estate lawyer. I, I have sisters who are, love real estate. It's sort of always been around me. Uh, and the first, when I first started writing, I had been a freelance writer, but when I started writing again, I started writing real estate articles basically because I knew who to ask. I'd ask my husband or you know, I could figure things out. But with real estate, what I do love about it is that it really incorporates everything. Uh, you know, it's, it's where we live, it's where we eat, it's where um, we work uh, and it, it just, you know, everything is a real estate space. So given that you can really, you know, like Steiner Studios is really real estate, but it's so glamorous. And, you know, you can weave in that Mrs. Maisel was there or drop something about Steiner Studios in a page six because, because you can. Um, I, I once had a client uh, in new development uh, down in um, Tribeca and, you know, it was right, marketing beautiful apartments, but they had a sales office and James Gandolfini, when he was alive, accidentally walked in. He thought it was the restaurant next door. They mentioned it, but that's something I would hear. Like James Gandolfini walked in here. I got an item about James Gandolfini walking into the sales office and I got all the details about the sales, about the, the project into the item. So that's the kind of thing you have to, 
And that's just stuff that, right. That somebody, somebody just happened to mention it to uh -huh. you. And, and in, in the day-to-day -day of what you do and what we do, you're able to recognize that and say that information is valuable and fits here. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you all, and then, then you also know who to call, right? You also know mm -hmm. who to send that information to in the media to make it um, a, a, a valuable, strong, and positive uh, media and item. Funny. It was funny. It was some sort of crazy Japanese dark. I mean, there was some, some backstory about this restaurant. So I was able to get that in. It was like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons was kind of restaurant. It was weird. So... So, yeah, and, and it's, um, I think, also trying to find the fun in the stories and um, the liveliness, you know. That is, that is a great, that's a great call out too. just making sure that what, whatever we're doing, we're having fun. And I've always said that as well. You know, we're, we're at work all day long. We might as well be having fun while we're doing it. Yeah. And and I, you've always found the fun in it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's um I, as um, someone who wanted to write novels, but felt like I didn't have the, the talent for that. Um, and as a free freelancer, what I love the best was putting the stories together. What I liked the least was writing the stories. So as a freelancer, as a writer. So this public relations really suited me. So, so knowing what you know and sort of talking to the people that you talk with in the real estate community, the art community, the food community, uh, you know, you name it. Um, you know, the last year, New York has uh, had its challenges related to COVID. Uh, and I know you had your own personal challenge with COVID when glad to see that you came out of that uh, as well as you did. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to go down the, you know, New York is in trouble path, but uh, New York certainly is not the place it was before COVID, right? Right now, it's not the place it was, and it's got some some work to do to to sort of rebound in that regard. That's maybe the word I'll use. How do you see New York coming back? We all know it will, right? Because it always does, because it's the greatest place in the world. We're biased, <laughs> but it's the greatest place in the world to live, to work, to be, to experience. Um, but do, do you see anything that um, maybe specifically or just generally theme thematically has to happen in New York for, for New York City to, to start to march back to where uh, we want it to be? Well, a couple of things. I mean, I've been here throughout um, and actually for the most part, and especially since restaurants opened outdoors last summer, I found it to be, believe it or not, a pretty positive place to live. Uh, I live on in Midtown East. Um, it's perfectly pleasant here, uh, despite all, everything that was uh, being talked about on the Upper West Side. And I don't live on the Upper West Side anymore. But even there, when I would go there, it was okay. Um, so, um, so I don't think it's it's that bad. At least residentially, Midtown is sad. But the other thing is I do see new restaurants springing up. I see the opportunity with the with cost of real estate being down for new businesses to start up and, and not necessarily big box restaurants, but always restaurants or, or, or stores, people who may have always wanted to do something can. Um, the prices of real estate are down. So I see an influx of young people actually moving 
to Manhattan. So where the trend was, everyone was going to Brooklyn who was young, you can get great prices on a rental apartment or buy an apartment in Manhattan. It's a great time for that. So, um, so those are real positives. Um, it, during, uh, during the bleakest times, I spoke to, I was speaking to a couple of clients of mine who were landlords, um, one mostly residential, but some commercial. And they, one of them had a, a group of women who were all in the commercial real estate realm. And I just said, I'm gonna try to get stories about positive things about New York. Uh, and, um, and actually got them on the phone with some reporters who covered commercial real estate so that they could try to ply their stories. And these were not my clients with, you know, give ideas, here's how you do it. Um, and another thing I did was when the stories were coming that everyone was leaving New York, I actually wrote to the New York Times and said, people are coming back. And I found, uh, I, I joined up with other publicists. I found other publicists and we all found people who, who then I gave to the New York Times as, as coming back, young people coming back to the city. And we had a big story. So I, I, I felt like I was trying to contribute myself to, uh, to the effort to get people back. As far as commercial real estate, I, I don't really know. That's tough. It's, it's tough. I myself did not want to go back to the office. Yeah, that will definitely be a challenge for all those commercial landlords yep. um, to, to maintain uh, what they need to maintain and to sort of get back on their feet. We, exactly. we really hope that they will because um, real estate is such a driver mm -hmm. in uh, the New York City economy and not just the act of, you know, renting space and collecting rent, but the what that goes in those spaces, right? The what that goes in those spaces is what makes a neighborhood, whether that's a local restaurant, whether that's a boutique shop, um, you know, whatever that thing, whether it's a tourist attraction, whatever that thing is, it creates um, the vibrancy of that neighborhood. It creates the vibrancy of that borough. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we really hope that things, um, like I've said, you know, sort of keep moving in the right direction for all those folks. Um, but it's, it's really interesting that you point out sort of the, the, the flip side, the upside of the, down, of the downturn is that some people can take advantage. And I think that's what, what's always defined New York City, right? Is that, um, you know, we, we were founded uh, not necessarily by people seeking religious freedom, but by people who wanted to do business and make money. <laughs> you know, New Amsterdam, going back to the days in New Amsterdam, that's, that's what we were. We also, and going back to something you said earlier, you know, we as PR people, whether we're representing clients or we're just sharing information with reporters because we think it's interesting, we, we also have a role to play in all of this. And you were talking about, um, uh, you told the story about providing the New York Times with stories about, about young people finding deals or sort of the, the, maybe the untold version of what New York is going through right now. Do you think that, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I know what you think, but I want to hear you articulate it in terms of what PR people can do to help uh, in this situation, whether we're talking about a big metropolitan area like New York City or any other area of the country um, where we have a vested interest in the vibrancy of that 
that local um, municipality, that local economy? Um, what role do you think we play um, in, in, doing, in doing that? I made that decision. I didn't ask my bosses if I could do a story on uh, people coming back to New York. I didn't think anyone would object. Um, and I did use clients. So, you know, so I, so I was within the boundaries of, of what I do, but I made the decision to make the push. I made the decision to talk to other publicists to try to get, enhance the article. And I do think it made a difference. Uh, you know, that's, and I do, I did it because I really saw that as a truth. It was really making me angry that, that the, so many articles were about people leaving and there were some people coming back. Uh, so I, want, I wrote the letter I wrote to the editor of the real estate section is enough, enough of this. We need some stories, positive stories and, and they bought it. And, uh, you know, and then being able to actually have worked enough so that I could give a pitch and give six people who come back, they didn't have to do any digging. It was, I did the digging myself. I think that's uh, it, it's a really important note to end on our conversation here on, which is, which is the responsibility I think that we have as PR people um, to not just um, represent our clients, but to also represent um, the, the values of the, the communities that we live in um, and to help those communities, whether, whether it's beneficial to us or not directly by representing a client or because in the, in the end it is beneficial to us because we are members of this community as well. Um, and, and we have a vested interest just like everyone else in making sure that, that people are doing well. Jody, I would like to add one thing. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're working at an agency, you don't have a choice in who your clients are. And there have been clients I've worked for who for the most part have really not been nice, good people who I would choose to work for. And I think in those instances, you try to do your best work, but I've always tried to see um, something good in that person to make it easier <laughs> to work for them. And for the most part, you can find something good, that they're funny, that they, um, that just to find a little something so that it makes it easier to do the work for them. So I just think that's important um, as publicists to know sometimes you can't really love all your clients. That is a fantastic point uh, and a great place to, to sort of end up our conversation. Even though we could talk for hours, I know we could, Barbara. Um, but we are going to transition into the rapid fire question portion of the PR podcast here. And this is where we steal a page from inside the actor's studio. We ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions. These are meant to elicit just a simple little answer. First thing that comes to mind, gut reaction kind of thing. So with your indulgence, Barbara, let's begin. Rapid fire question number one for you. What is your favorite news source? So rapid, I'm answering you. Ah, the New York Times. Rapid fire question number two. What is your favorite social media platform? Instagram. Rapid fire question number three, coffee or alcohol? Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I have to choose. 
<laughs> even though the question sloppy. was set up that way. <laughs> All right, rapid fire question number four. Usually we ask guests, what's your favorite on the run food? Which I'll let you answer, but I have a follow-up because I know you are such a fan of New York City dining. Uh, maybe a more interesting answer is what is your favorite New York City restaurant? Oh, it's a hard one because I haven't been to restaurants for a year. I've been to a couple. Uh, let me well, answer, here's another let me way answer, to answer. answer on the run. What's the one you're looking forward to going back to? I think I'd like to go really fancy uh, to Daniel, which I've only been to once or twice, but I feel like we deserve a really, really fancy long meal. <laughs> it's a, I think I think a lot of that, us. But it's very answer. that's a very extravagant answer. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta Once do it. Once in a while. <laughs> All right. I wanted rapid. to answer my favorite food on the run. Go ahead. Coffee. Coffee. More coffee. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> right. And rapid fire question number five. And this one may be challenging to answer because you just started a new thing. But let's mm -hmm. let's ask it anyway. What do you want to be after you finish this career? Oh boy, I I, I think that. I'm still going to want to be doing some sort of work, but I'll probably do some, you know, volunteering. I, I um, do something good and decent. That is not a surprising answer at all. Well, Barbara, this has been a great conversation. Please let everyone know how they can find you and Barbara Wagner Communications online. Uh, my website is bwagner at bwagnerpr.com. Uh, and you can find me there. You can find me as Barbara Wagner on LinkedIn. I'm, oh, there's a Barbara Wagner communications Instagram. However, I'm also Barbara Wagner on Instagram and there you get to see pictures of my dog. Uh, and, um, uh, I think those are the best ways to find me. I have, I have Googled you a couple of times in the past couple of weeks. You're not hard to find. So anybody who wants to find Barbara, uh, you just go, go to the old Googles and you'll be able to find her. Uh, and, and Barbara, you are a fantastic publicist. Uh, and, and anybody who wants to work with you would be, uh, would be very well suited to work with you because uh, you're just, you're top notch as far as I'm concerned. Betty, thank you. That's one of the best in the business. Well, thank you again for spending thank some time you. with us here. We appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The PR Podcast and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Apple. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and online at JodyFisherPR.com. We will see you next time on the PR Podcast. Oh,